0: How intentional have you been with surrounding yourself with rock stars, with badasses, with people that are encouraging you to live your dream, people that have resources and have the ability to impact your life in a positive way? Or are you surrounded with some people that are struggling and maybe maybe are pulling you back and are creating doubt in your life? Or maybe a, a cast of characters in your life? Whoever you surround yourself, though, I think we can all agree is going to have a ripple effect in your life. So the good news is that if you choose a group of people, a tribe of people that are high achieving, motivated, uh, happy, it's going to accelerate your success. I think we can all agree upon that. And that's the whole point of this show is to introduce you to people who have broken through, defied the odds, made a difference in their life. and, And for you to be able to add them to, you know, having them as a mentor as part of your peer group. However, when you're ready to truly start the path to financial freedom and fulfillment in your life, then you can find out about this concept called the mastermind groups. And if you're a high achiever, then I have a mastermind group that's got some room for you. It's a community that's going to blow your mind and what it will bring to you and the impact it'll have on your life. I certainly know this because I've been doing this for eight years and there's nothing I've seen in the personal development field that's more impactful than the powerful curated mastermind group. So all you have to do is jump on a call with a team member, go to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and have a conversation with one of my directors of opportunities. He's going to explain to you what that community is all about. See if there's a fit on both sides and then watch your pathway to success become very accelerated. So go ahead, rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call. I am jazzed to have you here, Ray. What's going on?
1: Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: So we were talking a little bit before we got started and we are talking about how do you overcome adversity? You had some stuff happen to you back in uh, 2004, was it you got started in real estate heavily and then tell us a little bit about how, what happened to you in that era?
1: Yeah, so I left, uh, I actually got started in real estate in 2004 here in the state of Florida and then in 2005 went full time in real estate, left my high paying corporate job and it went really well uh, for a few years. And uh, then when the market market crash of 2008, I was not prepared for and and I got completely wiped out so literally you know I'm you know let's see you know 2009 I'm 31 I believe and uh, every dime I've ever made or saved is now gone I'm in personal foreclosure I went through a divorce I was a million dollars in debt Um, uh, one point living on my buddy's couch and It was very lean times. It was very depressing times. Um, You know, I was uh, many, many nights I was throwing some liquor on the credit card and getting blackout drunk, trying to drown my sorrows. And uh, it just, it wasn't a great time. That's for sure.
0: So what lessons have you pulled from that now you're a decade later or so and you reflect back because ultimately that's the best thing you can do is it was a rich education, wasn't it?
1: yes um no I'm very, I'm very grateful for it actually um the two things the two main things i would say that i learned from that is one just to appreciate money you know back then uh anyone with a with a pulse could make pretty decent money in real estate in the state of florida and um you know didn't have to be super diligent didn't have to be super savvy and um and i really looking back as you know you, you know, you don't know what you got until it's gone kind of thing. Right. And, and so looking back at all the money that had been coming in and I was just putting it back out as soon as it was coming in and not really registering that there may be a day where it's not always coming in. Um, so it made me appreciate money a lot, a lot more. And number two, it also had me where I was very aggressively attempting to grow the business, but the way that I was doing it was not in the smartest way. I would do all kinds of different advertising, all kinds of different marketing, and didn't do the diligence of actually tracking you know testing and tracking and you know what if that marketing was working, what if that marketing was not um, and and I was not aggressively uh, in investing in longer term plays and so when the market crashed, everything I had been you know attempting to invest in all that all crashed too versus diversifying into other things that would have you know been been fine and so I think diversity appreciation of money and um, and and tracking so three three things
0: I like that a lot in fact, what you're saying because the appreciation thing I talk a lot about this with people that i 'm working with is you need a relationship with money. You Mm -hmm. need to have an appreciation for it, respect for it. And when you invest and you send it out there, if you do it frivolously, or then that house of cards is gonna gonna come down. We've seen stocks go parabolic way up, and then they come down. Things that are easily built up fall apart easily. We have to earn that right and have systems in place. And maybe without the grind and without the effort, we don't appreciate it, so we don't pay attention to it. Is there any right. truth to that, do you think?
1: Oh, I, I, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, if you're, if you're, if you're not a good steward of money and, you know, and it's, you know, it's, there, it's there for you to work as, as a resource, and so I always tell people that you always have at least two businesses. You have however you make money, and then your actual money. Your actual money is a business. Like You got to put it to work. You got to yes. get it into the right... Um, you know, you got to get it moving either into the marketplace or, um, into investing in your business, et cetera. Um, and so, um, yeah, for sure. I agree with you.
0: So how do you develop that skill then of managing your money? Because we're not taught that at school and it's tempting to want to double your money. It gets all kind of offers from your, you know, your broke uncle and stuff like that. Right. right. So how have you learned to be a better steward of your money?
1: Yeah, you know, um, one, uh, you know, I've I've had a lot of help. You know, I've gotten around. Um, you know, very smart individuals. Um, my wife is um, very on top of, of our finances, and you know, she's always kind of had that uh, investor mind. Um, but one thing that that we did is, you know, I remember maybe three years ago, we go to this charity event, and it's a charity event for um, raising money for the children's hospital. And, you know, we're, you know, fairly successful and, you know, we make okay money. And, and I go in there and, and people are, you know, funding causes at 200000 300000 100000 And I'm like, dang, I don't, I, I'm not doing that currently. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so um, getting around, you know, so now we've actually, um, we're now trustees of that charity. Uh, and I'm uh, personally on the board for that for that charity, and so I get to be around people of much, much, much higher net worths. Um, you know, Not too long ago we had a dinner on a 112 foot yacht and you know, this, uh, this guy's a billionaire, and uh, getting around those kind of people, you'll learn that they just think differently about money and, um, and they, they have different resources and they're usually very, very open to sharing with you, you know, suggestions and advice and things that have worked for them. And so, you know, paying attention to people who have much larger bank accounts and and impact and, and net worth uh, has been a very good strategy.
0: Yeah, I agree. Eight years ago, I started uh, a mastermind group called Go Abundance, a tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous men that choose to lead epic lives and don't apologize for being awesome. Nice. And That's basically, cool. what you just said is: be around people that um, are thinking differently. Yeah. have Access to different resources that maybe are specialized in a lane like we might have somebody who owns a thousand apartment doors and multiplexes but we also might have somebody who runs you know a fund of 55 million dollars worth of um, mobile homes and he has a different skill set and a different access to resources but when you get all those people in a room they can now go oh hey i came across this trailer park that i don't want you should check it out Right. other guy's like, Hey, I came across an apartment building that my buddy needs to sell. He's in a bad way, but that's not my domain. Right. So I found a lot of accelerated success during that period of time. And when I was in real estate, um, I sold one of my businesses for $4 million, put it a million in the stock market, and lost it all. Mm. I had no idea what I was doing. And I thought right. I was, you know, this hotshot. And today, I don't allow myself to make those decisions without. What Ray Dalio calls triangulating with two other people that have merit in that area. Nice. I can depend on them to give me a different perspective because I don't trust myself to be great at everything. Does that make sense? Right. That
1: makes a lot of sense for sure. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So, what is your main business now? What is your major skill set?
1: Yeah, so I, um, from real estate, you know, I'm, I'm dead broke, credit shot. Um, you know, I, I really don't, no one's hiring by the way. I mean, they you know, I, I, I don't believe I even had that as an option to even try to go get a job again. And, and so didn't have money to, you know, for a, a new company or a franchise or anything like that. And so a friend of mine actually uh, introduced me to a network marketing company, which I had. I had actually sworn off. I had done it. I had tried it before. I had had some run-ins with the uplines and the companies. They didn't like my way of marketing because I'm a very hardcore internet marketer. And so I had sworn off it, but you know, when he invited me, I thought, you know what? I don't know what I'm gonna do. (laughs) I don't have any other uh, options. I don't have anything else on my plate here. And so I remember going to that meeting and just thinking, you know what? I'm going to make this thing work. I'm going to figure it out, and so I—I uh, I did. You know, I got around the right people. Um, I did become the number one income earner in that company. Wow! Um, that um, you know did millions of dollars with that company. It actually merged uh, in 2013. It merged into another company. Ran with that company for a few years, and then 2016, uh, my wife and I—we actually sold. Uh, that position Mm. and focus solely on coaching and so we've actually been coaching and training network marketers really for 10 years but formally um, as the only thing that we're doing really uh, for the last four years Um, because we were building back in 2009 on social media uh, a network marketing business before a lot of people were. Uh, we had a lot of people want us to coach them and show them how the, we were doing it. You know, now it's pretty common to build network marketing on social media, but back then it wasn't. In fact, a lot of people were, you know, kind of, um, you know, negative about it, saying that it didn't duplicate and that it wasn't the way to do it. Um, but, you know, we proved it. And so a lot of, of and now we work with a lot of companies, a lot of big leaders, and uh, that is our main audience is, is network marketers.
0: So now with this whole interruption of normal business processes with the coronavirus and everything, and by the time this airs, we'll be a little further down the road than sure. we are today. What systems do you use through technology that enable you to empower these people?
1: Yeah. So, you know, uh, we have a main, um, uh, program that we call rank makers and it's actually, it's uh, mainly a Facebook group. It's not, that's not all. It is. They have a back office and a login. And we use, um, if you want the specific thing, uh, we use. And right now, we use Infusionsoft, which we're mm-hmm. kind of trying to get away from. And
0: uh, soft, we call yeah, it. We use it too.
1: Yeah. Um, and so we we use that as a uh, as a backend, and we use uh, Memberium as a like customer hub kind of thing. Uh, but it's uh, it's mainly it's a Facebook group, and I go live in there every single day. I give an action step and a training. And uh, you know, recently we, um, because of what's going on, we actually offered a, uh, for the first time ever, a free membership in there, and um, you know, brought in another thirteen thousand you know people into that. But we already had fourteen thousand paying members at twenty bucks a pop, and um, and they're you know creating some some great stuff. And so that's kind of our main program. We do a lot of zooms, especially with what's going on right now. Uh, this is. Um, in the last two and a half days, this will be number 19 for me, wow. um, of being on a Zoom or a Facebook Live. And uh, you know, yesterday I was in front of 2000 plus people groups in uh, Italy and um, uh, England. And so um, this, you know, we use Zoom a lot and we do yeah. a lot of Facebook Lives as well.
0: And so what are, the, what are people getting? Are they getting strategies, ability to prospect, recruit? What, is, what specifically are you teaching them?
1: Yeah. So, you know, we teach them, um, you know, how to generate more leads, how to attract more people to, them, uh, how to, how to close more of those leads. And we do teach scripts as well, as far as, you know, based on, you know, what type of a business that you're in, how to approach people with it. Um, you know, with this, you know, current, what's going on, it's a very sensitive time because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to come across as you're taking advantage of people yet there are people that are out of jobs that are looking for a solution. So you don't wanna keep it to yourself and just you know, not tell anybody. So we teach you know, ways of, of how, to, how to reach out to people in a respectful manner um, and, and find those people that are, that are looking for solutions to you know, what's going on. And so anything from scripts, um, you, know, you have to, even if you're teaching very tactical, uh, strategic kind of things, you still have to talk about mindset because that's always the biggest block. You know, you, I know people that know every script and every strategy, but they just don't do the work because their mindset's not there. Uh, yet if you ask them, hey, you do any mindset training, they say, no, I don't need that. Um, you know, they always want the yeah. how-to, the how-to, the how-to, but right. they're not doing the work. So how much how-to you have doesn't really matter. Um, right. So you have to mix in mindset training in there. But one of, our, um, one of our core values of our company, we have six core values, and one of those is uh, we're not just motivation. You know, in our profession of of network marketing and network marketing training, it has a history of just being hype and, you know, shooting out beach balls and t-shirts and and just, uh, you know, just not teaching you actual strategy. And so we really pride ourselves on teaching actual strategy.
0: That's amazing. So you, did you say you signed up 13,000 more people?
1: Yeah, so um, we offered. We're like, hey guys, um, you know, we thought, you know, what can we do that's like super cool uh, for the community, and what can we do, um, you know, to help out our fellow uh, home business entrepreneurs? And so uh, we did a, a three-day uh, option where they could come in and enjoy a month of our of our program, and uh, we had uh, thirteen thousand people do that. Now we already had fourteen thousand uh, paying members, paying twenty bucks a month, and we actually gifted, you know, just to the logistics here. Uh, to make them feel good, we gave them a free course uh, so that they right. didn't feel like, "Hey, I'm paying for something, and you know, right. it's way." Um, and so uh, we went to the marketplace, offered it, and so many people shared it. It went kind of crazy, and thirteen thousand new people came on board. And you know, I mean, we expect probably I don't know fifteen, twenty percent of them will stick around. But sure. if we can help them during this time, then you know, so be it.
0: That's really amazing. It's kind of like taking, um, looking at what what people are faced with option wise, and then taking some action and being entrepreneurial, which I love. Yeah, for sure. And for $20 a month, that's great value if you get to be part of a community and and work with somebody that's had success. What do you think is the, when you're talking about mindset, what is the piece that holds people back? They get the scripts, they get the dialogues. What are some of the beliefs maybe, or some of the, the inner narrative that keeps people and where you're capable of helping them overcome that because some people are like i don't have the time i don't have the money and of course it's a belief and they're not willing to actually do anything about it they want to stay stuck in their problem where do you find you've been able to push people through well
1: um you know you can teach people you can teach someone how to have how to create success you can't teach them how to want to create success right. and so it's it's kind of recognizing um you know, you know who really wants it. I think uh, a couple things that that really uh, stifle, you know, people and, and they don't move forward is one um, just not really being connected with uh, who they actually want to be when they grow up. Who do they actually want to become? And so, what's funny about this is, and it took me a few years to realize this is, you know, I, I back in July on July 15, thousand nine. I set a uh, kind of a business mandate that I was gonna do a video a day. And I've done that for over 10 and a half years. I've done at least one video a day, no matter what. And so people kind of see me as a consistent, like, you know, freak of nature. And so for (laughs) for years, they would say, dude, what's your daily routine, man? I just need to know your daily routine. And so, you know, I would share it, you know, here's what I do each day. And they'd write it and be like, oh man, yeah, yeah. But I noticed none of them would follow it. And I'm like, okay, so if we, if we don't think it's awareness of what to do, then what might it be? And so I dug yes. into myself and I'm like, well, why do I do it? And the reality is, is it's the vision of who I want to become the vision of who I want to become is so ruthless, it's a dictator that doesn't allow me to not do the work. Like, I, I, I just can't, I don't have to post-it note do work. Uh, my, the, you know, the vision is such a ruthless dictator, it forces me to it, it grabs me by the spine and makes me do things. And, and so it's so incongruent um, to not do the work each day with who I want to become that it just, it, it physically doesn't feel good. I physically don't feel good if I don't do something to at least attempt to impact the marketplace uh, every single day. And so it's like, who do you actually wanna become? Now, the problem is, this is being translated to those that often don't succeed to their why. And so, you know, you'll hear things like, you gotta have a why that makes you cry, and you gotta remember why you're doing it. And what what has happened, and I don't know when this happened, but what has happened is, people have learned not how to do the work, not how to be consistent, but how to pitch their why. So they've learned, you know, I think Simon Sinek maybe have have helped them, but you know, it's like, uh, oh, I want to retire my spouse. I want to build waterfalls in Kenya. I want to build schools in Guatemala. And they have this good pitch, but if if you, you look at them five years later, it's like, how's that going? There's no progress. And so I think part of the problem is, Um, you know, it's not enough to just have a good why that sounds commercially digestible and commercially good. It's like you, you, you have to know who do I want to become that will accomplish that why. And, you know, I was having a a coaching session with, with one of our clients and, and I said, okay, what's one important goal that I can help you with? And she said, I want to buy a house for my parents. And I'm like, That's awesome. Right? That's a great goal. That's super, super cool. And I said, okay, great. How long have you had this goal? Nine years. Awesome. What have you done toward this goal? And she said, well, you know, um, I've shown them pictures of different houses and things like that. And I'm like, okay. And and that's it. And yes. And so you've teased them for nine years that you're going to do something. (laughs) Have you set aside money? Have you, you know, uh, looked at financing? Oh, I want to pay cash. Oh, okay, you wanna pay cash, all right. So, uh, and where is this at? California, got it, okay. And uh, how much cash do you think you're gonna need? And how much do you currently have? What could you put toward it? And it was $100. And I'm like, you realize they're gonna be 149 years old before you buy something cash, (laughs) You realize this, right? And so, just that breaking down of what can I do today toward my goal, what can I do next week? What can I do this month? What can I do next month? Of really breaking that down, it's helpful. And so now she has a bank account set up. She has reserved the you know, idea that she's gonna pay cash, at least for now, right? She said, okay, maybe I'll get financing. And so she's steadily putting money into that bank account that's specifically for that house for her parents. Now that's an achievable goal. Now that's not just something that sounds good that people applaud her for, but it's actually something that, that uh, can happen because in the past it would not have ever happened. And so it's you know, really knowing who do you want to become and putting together an actual plan to attain it versus practice how many times you say it to others with, no, with really no meaning
0: behind it. So there's a lot of great stuff in there. And what I really love about that is, you know, pitch to their why. It's kind of sexy to, you know, to, to throw that feels out there. Good. And it feels good. You're right. And I think we're saying the same things is you've developed an identity of somebody that does a video a day. And one of the strongest forces I've learned is this desire to remain consistent with the vision of ourselves Mm. and often the vision that other people have of us. And you've used social media, I believe, as leverage for yourself by saying, hey, guys, I'm going to produce a video every day because you're a man of your word. That's enough leverage for you to consistently step up because I can guarantee you there are days when you didn't feel like doing it. For sure. Or where you weren't sure if the content you were going to share was really solid and you're like, ah, uh, something sure. like that, right? Absolutely. But you stepped into it anyway. Right. And you've now created a new identity that's just who you are. And it actually requires a lot less willpower. When that's who you are versus these people who have these sexy why stories of, oh, I want to get my mom a house. That's not who she is. She right. isn't committed to it. She right. hasn't made it a ritual and a habit. And the be, do, have part of it, right? Right. If you, if you want that house for your mom, well, there's things you're going to have to do, but you need to be the type of person, have the identity that's going to create that result. And I think that's what you help teach people, right?
1: For sure. A- absolutely. Well said.
0: So, so give people a description of who you are. I'd love to hear it. Just a genuine description of who you are, how you see yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I'm someone that I am... Uh, very focused on impact and I do it not selflessly. I actually don't like that word. I do it selfishly because it's what makes me feel good and make me feel significant. Mm -hmm. Uh, I grew up in a abused home until the age of 12. I didn't have a voice. I wasn't allowed to have an opinion. That's one of the reasons I'm a speaker is Mm -hmm. I want, I really uh, crave personal freedom and I crave being able to have a voice and helping people that uh, are in that same kind of situation of maybe they've been through abuse or been through you know tough times or you know also at some point in their life didn't have a voice and so um, impact is what really drives me I don't have a a hang up with um, you know with with money I think I should be making you know plenty of money because I'm making plenty of value in, in the marketplace um, that isn't the biggest driver but I don't have a hang up around it uh, some people would say, ah, oh, it's not about the money, or I don't need the money, I just wanna you know, help. And I find that that's detrimental because if you wanna yes. help, you should be making more money so that you can give more or build more or do whatever, right? Have more resources if you're a great person because it's a matter right. of And so I would say that's, that's my first go at your, your answer. Yeah, that's totally so awesome.
0: You have a very uh, calm and likable uh, way of communicating. Mm. Thank you. Uh, I yeah, it. it's, it's not forceful, it's not arrogant, um, and I grew up also in a come kind of abusive environment or a, a neglected environment. In fact, my brothers and sisters used to say to me, you can't string a sentence together. And ironically, I think, and maybe on an unconscious level, I also became a speaker in order mm-hmm. to quell that voice. It's like, oh, right. you, think, you think I have nothing to say? You think I can't speak? Well, I'm in front of 2,000 people on stage. Apparently, that's a little bit different. So show you. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I think the I show you works initially, and then later on, you have to transition to a higher purpose for it. Absolutely. Right. And it feels like the way you communicate, you've you figured that out.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I'll tell you specifically if you if you want to know. So I have always been an I'll show you person. And and that can be good and bad. You know, Um, the uh, the good is you can you can handle, uh, ridicule, right. And you can handle doubters. You can handle haters. It's that that actually uh, fuels you. Yes. The problem is how do you operate in the absence of it? And so for me, I went from career. I would, I would, you know, I I would go into a career that everyone said I couldn't do. I would hit like the top, whatever. And then when everyone believed in me, I'm like, wait, what? Oh, well, let me go somewhere else. So I'd go somewhere else. You don't think I can underwater basket weave. I'm going to show you, man. <laughs> and so I was craving the doubt. Yes. And the problem is when you get to a certain level, there's much less doubt and people are like, okay, man, you can do it. Way to go, buddy. And if that's your fuel, you're just like, dang, man, what do I do now? Like, who do I prove wrong now? And so you, you, that, that machine still operates. It's still, it's still in me. I, I can't get rid of it, but I can at least be aware of it. Because I wasn't before. I would go to a great career and then totally leave. And people are like, what are you doing? And then I'd go to another career. And and so I had this, you know, this roller coaster, you know, career series until I recognized that. And now it's I can feel it and I just choose to use different energy to fuel me now.
0: I find that incredibly insightful. Mm. I just want the the listeners to really take that in because I think there's people that have an ability to motivate themselves. But it's it's in a in a destructive way. Yeah. So kind yeah. of like like they seek things out that they're like, oh yeah, just like you said. Uh, you don't think I can do it? I'm gonna go run up that mountain and break right. my legs to do it. But I'll freaking show you.
1: That's right. Amen. Um, exactly.
0: Yeah. And I ran a lot of my life that way too. In fact, I I was recently doing a push-up contest, probably about a year year and a half ago, and the guy leaned down. And he's like, you got this, buddy. It's, you're doing great, man. You're looking really good, man. You can beat this other guy. And I felt my power leaving because I grew up in an environment where people said, hey, shithead, you, can, yeah. you, can't, you can't run faster than me. There's no That's way. I'd you line needed up, here. <laughs> right. I'd line up on the, on the football line. The guy goes, there's no way you're going to catch this ball, loser. And I'd be like, oh, all the yeah yeah <laughs> the fuel thank you for waking me up right that's right so I totally relate with what you're saying but I love the way you explained it because I think yeah. there's a lot of people out there that are still running that program yes when there's a more congruent elegant program that can be accessed if you're aware for sure no, no doubt so thank you for sharing that that's really great yeah my pleasure. Uh, favorite book
1: hmm Favorite book, um, few. I, th- I think the thing that impacted me at, at such a noticeable level and gave me um, language and vocabulary that I had thought but never accessed was Atlas Shrugged, so Ayn Rand, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, just some of the things in there I just couldn't believe I was reading these things that I had thought but had never heard anyone talk that way because no one talks that way. And, and so that, that was very um, uh, helpful to me.
0: Really cool. If you could have dinner with somebody, dead or alive, anybody pop to mind?
1: Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, and I never read my podcast questions, so you may have, you may have sent me this. <laughs> um, I mean, it would, I mean, probably, uh, uh, I don't know, there's a few that, uh, would interest me. I, I would think that Alive would probably make more sense. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. Would you go Elon Musk-ish or would you go? I don't think. See, Elon Musk, I think for me, just, just to be brutally honest, I think that'd be like if I was a medical student and, or, or if I didn't understand anything about, you know, science and met with the number one brain surgeon in the world. I, I don't know that I could follow him, to be honest. I mean, right. I like, I like right. him, I admire him. I don't know, he, he might be a few uh, IQ pay grades above me. I don't know. Um, I don't know, I mean, I, you know, Jack Welch comes to mind. Uh, he was very um, helpful in reading his stuff back then. Maybe, maybe maybe you know what, probably Ayn Rand. I mean, that would make the most sense. Uh, but I also, I know Jack Welch recently passed away. When I was in my corporate career, he was very helpful. Um, so I would say between, between those two.
0: All right, awesome. If people wanna follow you uh, or contact you, what's the best way for them to um, get some more of your beautiful wisdom?
1: Yeah, thanks. Um, so uh, you know, our main platform, we're on pretty much all the platforms, of course, but uh, the main platform is um, on Facebook. Um, so facebook.com forward slash Ray Higdon page. Um, we also, if you are listening to this and you are in the network marketing space, Uh, We do have a podcast called Home Business Profits. um, That last I checked had over 5 million downloads and um, we've been running that for, I think since 20, maybe 14 or 15, something like that. And so if you're you're into podcasts, uh, Home Business Profits um, is out there or if you wanna follow me on Facebook,
0: yeah, and if you're specifically in network marketing, that's Perfect. that's the one to go. And sounds like you have a really good insight on how to help people. So if you are in network marketing, I would highly encourage you to go check that out. I think you'd um, you'd definitely learn some things and maybe want to join his, uh, his community and continue to get uh, some access uh, as I think um, Ray's got some real genuine talent and um, does want to make a difference, and I love the fact that you were candid enough to say you know i 'm selfish about um contributing, and I feel the same way maybe that 's why I resonate with it is you know I get significance by being a speaker, I get significance really? by contributing people 's lives i 've helped fifty five people become millionaires, and that makes wow. me feel good yeah. Um, yeah, and, and i 'm good and it's yeah. True. And so, so own that part of knowing your human needs, yeah. what they are and how, what are the vehicles that you're going to use to meet them? Yeah. I could get tattoos or drive fancy cars or what have you, but those are not the things that, that make me feel significant. Sure. I, I really don't care. And I don't care yeah. about where you design your clothes. Uh, but I do care about making a difference and being the guy that totally. people go, Hey, he made a difference in my life. So Totally yeah well, self, I appreciate selfless that.
1: selfless is you know the you know the you know military personnel that jumps on the grenade that that's selfless um, a <laughs> yeah. police officer that you know puts himself in harm's way going into a domestic abuse you know situation right. that's selfless selfless okay. is not doing what i do i I do it it makes me feel good so yeah yeah.
0: Well, fantastic. I really appreciated this, uh, this chat with you, Ray, and thank you so much. And um, and we'll have you back on the show because I think that you provide a lot of value. So thanks again.
1: Hey, I appreciate that. Thanks for having me.
0: So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.